Good news. Sweet available at the Lowry. One slightly damaged trouser press. Yes, Mourinho is out, yo. Tuesday's shock announcement from Man United. Today, in a totally special, we round up the breaking news, the breaking views, the broken move. It's a totally football show in association with Paddy Power. Let the joyous news be spread. The wicked old witch at last is dead. Live scenes from Manchester United's training ground at Carrington there this Tuesday morning as news breaks of Jose's departure. Joining us here in an emergency Totally Football show, Tom Williams. Hello, James. And Ian McIntosh. Hello. Welcome back, Ian. My word, three years to the day. <laughs> from Jose's last sacking, he walks again. Shocked? I was when it broke. But looking back, when was the last time anyone enjoyed a Manchester United game? Uh, Tom? Very shocked, yeah. Um, we weren't expecting it. And uh, I, someone sent me the link via WhatsApp and I clicked on it on the Man United website and thought, well, this is obviously fake. Sounds a bit weird. And then sort of followed the link through and clicked on a few other places. And the next thing, Twitter exploded and there it was. There it was. All right, well, let's go to our Manchester correspondent, Ian Irving of Premier League TV, who's currently parked... Behind the Stretford end, an ideally place to give us the news from Ground Zero. Yes, it is a surprise because it wasn't really on the horizon that, that Jose Mourinho was on the verge of getting sacked, you know, last week or heading into the Liverpool game. Even after that Liverpool game, uh, you know, the suggestions were that it was that it was carry on as normal and that was it. Um, on the other hand, it surely can't be a surprise that he's been sacked because the football this season for Manchester United and the, the, the league table position has simply not been good enough. I mean, when we're talking about a team making the worst ever start to a Premier League season, we're talking about a team being in sixth place that spent so much money, that have got such a high wage bill um, and all the arguments and the, and the disharmony behind the scenes added to that as well, then really it isn't a surprise, is it? Ian, if it wasn't on the horizon, but it suddenly happened, does that suggest to you, and, and we don't know for sure yet, but does that suggest to you that maybe there's been an intervention from someone in the squad? Maybe someone's posited an, an ultimatum ahead of January to Ed Woodward and, and, the, uh, and the board? Yeah, well, I've seen, I've seen those rumours myself as well that, that players, you know, were potentially looking at leaving Old Trafford in January and perhaps that is a sticking point for Manchester United. Perhaps they wanted, you know, a clean slate heading into the January transfer window so they weren't under pressure of losing their, their top players uh, and losing some of their biggest commercial assets, of course, as well, which is really important for the, for the board too. I, I think it just got to the point where it wasn't going to turn around really. I, I think that's how it felt after Anfield on Sunday. The performances obviously have not been good for the majority of the season, but it just seemed to be getting worse. You know, the goals conceded, they've conceded more than Huddersfield Town in 19th position in the Premier League this year. That's just completely unacceptable for United. And I think it just got to a point where it felt like it had gone past the point of no return, if you know what I mean. Indeed. Uh, what are Man United going to do next? I note that David Moyes' contract at, at Man United still has five <laughs> months to run. Yeah, so it, it's a, again, this situation is not straightforward, is it? So it sounds like at the moment, Michael Carrick will be taking training for the next couple of days. Nicky Butt alongside him as well, and Kieran McKenna, of course, too, who's the other one of uh, Jose Mourinho's assistants so far this season. United will then appoint a caretaker manager from now until the end of the season, which is said to be someone with close 
perhaps links to the club is what United are looking at. However, it's not going to be Michael Carrick or, or Nicky Butt or Kieran McKenna indeed. And then they will appoint a permanent manager in the summer. And they're also talking about appointing a director of football between now and the end of the season too. So there seems a hell of a lot of work to be done, certainly. Yeah. Mark Hughes, the people's choice, meanwhile. Yeah, well, <laughs> Sparky's available, isn't he? Like you say. Um, and he played for the team, but I wouldn't hold your breath on that one. Don't be rushing to the bookies, James. You're listening to The Totally Football Show with James Richardson. Ian Irving, all sorts of names being linked with the Old Trafford position. Uh, Zidane, Pochettino in the summer, of course. Well, Arsene Wenger's available. We'll talk, we'll talk more about that later on. But one thing that I guess springs to mind, even amid uh, the feeling of relief that I think a lot of United fans will be feeling right now, Tom, is... Is, is whether Jose is actually the problem. And when you look at, for example, their transfer business, the issues that Jose himself has raised, is there a case that he's actually the scapegoat here? I think Mourinho has to bear a lot of personal responsibility because we know that a lot of United's issues boil down to his personal relationships with key players. I mean, Paul Pogba, above all, being the symbol of that, you know, the club's record signing, who Mourinho has just not been able to get a tune out of at all. Um, but yeah, at the same time, there are clearly structural problems at United. And um, I was quite struck by that that image at Anfield on Sunday with Alex Ferguson and David Gill sitting alongside each other. And, and that represented the entire football knowledge base at at Manchester United and that was enough to sustain the club through that incredible period of success and as soon as those two figures left that knowledge went with them and has not been replaced so I don't think you can call Mourinho a scapegoat but there are clearly very serious structural issues that the club um, you know they appear to recognise themselves we're hearing that this search for a director of football is ongoing so yeah, Mourinho, you, you can't absolve him from blame here, but there are there are bigger issues as well. Daniel Story on Monday's Totally Football Show, Ian, was talking about how everything seems to have gone wrong within United. How has it come to that? There's a feeling that Ferguson's legacy has been squandered when you look at the, the tight control that he had, the, the authoritarianism, excellent progression through the youth team. Now, admittedly, the under-18s have picked up a bit recently. I think the under-23s were relegated last season. And the transfer policy just seems to be snatching at the shiniest things. When when you look at the players that have been brought in in the Mourinho tenure without directly assigning blame, it, it's hard to find any that's really worked. So how do they stand in terms of money spent compared to the other the other clubs in the Premier League? Yeah, this is not a team that has been um, that has been tight on the purse strings. You know, we, we're talking about a team that since uh, 2016, uh, Mourinho's arrival has paid nearly 100 million for Pogba, 75 for Lukaku, 55 for Fred, who's barely been seen, Matic, Mkhitaryan, Eric Bailey, Victor Lindorov, Alexis Sanchez, and all the signing on fees. It's not like they've they've cut the budget, and Manchester United have suffered accordingly. Something in the recruitment has gone horribly, horribly wrong, and they clearly know that behind the scenes as they make this push to bring in a director of football. Now, whether that's a direct criticism of Mourinho or Ed Woodward, who is repeatedly described just as a businessman, um, remains open to uh, to interpretation. And I think you, you saw that over the summer when Mourinho very clearly pushed for a new centre-back and the club, Ed Woodward, resisted. And you find yourself thinking, well, who has the authority at Manchester United above Mourinho to tell Mourinho whether or not a player is, is good or not? If, if, if he decides that what United need is a new authoritative battle-hardened centre-back and you've just given him a new contract, surely you have to go out and, and get that player. And I think that's that's another sign of the extent to which things are broken down, that you know the man with the best football knowledge at Old Trafford up until this morning was Jose Mourinho. 
but he was facing resistance from within the club about the sort of players that he wanted to bring in and just replacing Mourinho as a manager is not going to fix United's problems um, and you know the atmosphere around the club has, has clearly become very negative there's a huge amount of apathy has crept in and this decision to sack him um, will go a long way towards addressing that problem but down the line if United replace Mourinho and don't do anything higher up the chain then they're not going to get out of the current situation they're in An interesting parallel in Monday's Totally Football show was the fact that when Mourinho last got fired, the very next year, the same players who had looked such a rabble under him strolled their way to a Premier League title. When you look at Man United's squad for all their problems, how good could they be? Well, it depends how upset they've been under Mourinho. It's, I mean, Pogba just won a World Cup. Romelu Lukaku, one of the most sought-after strikers in, in Europe. David De Gea, who's still one of the best goalkeepers in the world. You don't need a defence with him, do you? <laughs> Which is a good job, really. This is a squad that is that is capable of, of finishing in the top four. I, I don't think they're quite on City or Liverpool's level this season. But I, I think one of the things that will excite United supporters is the thought of players like Pogba and Anthony Martial and Marcus Rashford, who have felt to represent the club's future for so long, being able to work with a manager, whoever it is, who's going to allow them to play with a bit of freedom. Because that's young managers these days want a manager who sells them a philosophy. Um, the sort of manager who Mourinho is fond of dismissing as poets, you know, who, who have grand ideas about the game, but don't know what it takes to actually win football matches. And sadly, as as, as has become apparent in, in recent weeks, Jose Mourinho doesn't know what it takes to win football matches anymore. So that, I think, is, is an exciting prospect. Those players who just seem so put upon and who, even when they perform well, still get attacked by their own manager they will clearly feel that a weight has lifted. Um, and the thought of uh, a, a more proactive manager coming in and harnessing those young players and, and putting smiles back on faces is a real reason for optimism. And you've got to think of the fans as well. I mean, they're not disloyal at Manchester United. I remember doing David Moyes games in the latter stages of his short time there and they were still supportive of him. Um, but they want to see good football. They want right. to see attacking football. Let's hear from one now, shall we? Carl Anker, who joins us on the Totally Football Show and also on the Parts Unknown Wrestling Podcast, a Man United supporter on the line. Carl, how's your emotional state of this news? Christmas has come early. How much How much does this resolve the club's issues? Um, not entirely. You know, they're, they're, Manchester United are a club definitely need a root and branch reform, but it's nice that one of the more toxic branches has been chopped off. I see. Okay. What, what do you think? What's been your worst moment under Mourinho, Carl? Um, I think it was football heritage following the elimination from the Champions League last season, where Mourinho essentially said it didn't matter. Manchester United had been knocked out in the round of 16 because he did it to United at Real Madrid. I think that really encapsulated how Mourinho didn't care about Manchester United and was only in it for his own personal satisfaction slash grudges with other people in world football. By the sound of it, Carl, whatever else happens this season, it's been a success for you following this morning's announcement. But who do you want to take charge, both short-term and long-term? Uh, I, I really like Jardim. I've, I've spoken before on uh, this show about how Jardim has the right combination of youth Ability, able to play pragmatic defensive football, uh, able to eventually grow out and let us play more attacking football, as you saw in that wonderful Mbappe season with Monaco. He'd be nice if you just want to get in one person to try and replicate the super manager role. But as we've seen, 
now I mean, a lot of clubs in, in Europe that you need a head of recruitment, you need a head of football relations, you need a head coach. Um, and for that, if I know what Edward is like, I imagine he's getting ready to charm Pochettino with a very, very uh, lucrative offer and half the world to go along with it. Carl Anker there. Great shout on Leonardo Jardim, by the way. We'll talk a little bit more about who might be coming in, who should be coming in later on. But next, a quick word on the extraordinary career arc of Jose Mourinho after this wonderful piece put together by Swede Mason. I was happy with my way, my Chelsea power, but heaven knows I'm miserable now. I was looking for a club and then I found the club. Heaven knows that I'm miserable now in uh, my career. Why did I even your time to players you don't care if I'm Yeah, outstanding piece that put together on Tuesday morning, I guess, by Swede Mason, who seems to be based in Leeds. Many thanks, Swede Mason. He's at Swede Mason. Jose Mourinho, this was supposed to be his dream job, the one he cried when he didn't get before. But instead, it it represents what may be the final tragic act of an extraordinary career arc. I mean, in acting terms, maybe you go for Shia LaBeouf or somebody, but it's somebody else who's come in with such an incredible impact, been so special in his own words, and then has lost that magic touch so comprehensively. The closest I can think... Um, in, in modern parallels is Sven Joran Eriksson who of course won the title with Lazio and so highly thought of that the English FA went through all that controversy hiring a foreign manager and after that one season at Manchester City that I think ended with an 8-1 defeat a disaster at Mexico short spell with Ivory Coast didn't work at Leicester and then off he goes to uh, China and now currently with the Philippines I mean that, that's, that's quite a slide but I think the question with Mourinho is um, and people keep saying, you know, football has changed, and it's true, it has. But so too, I think, of people. And you look at the big successes he had at Chelsea and the kind of people they were. And you remember, Mourinho, essentially in football terms, came from nothing. The interpreter who had to prove himself every single step of the way at people who didn't think he should be a manager. And then you look at those players at Chelsea. You've got Frank Lampard, who everyone thought at the time only had a professional contract because of who his dad was. You had John Terry, the sort of last of the old school, and the man who literally had to, as an apprentice, go and sit on the toilet seat to warm it up for Dennis Wise at the Chelsea training ground. You've got Didier Drogba, who um, you know had had a good run in the UEFA Cup, but people thought was clumsy. He was great at making hard-working footballers believe in themselves and lift themselves. And you read stuff about the players at that time and the way they reacted, and it's extraordinary. But you speak to people who um, have spoken to players who've played under Mourinho quite recently, and they say he can't reach these players. They've been in academies since the age of eight. They've been told they're going to captain their nation since the age of 10. They've had commercial deals since the age of 12. Mourinho shouting at them or trying to diminish them or make them feel a sense of shame just doesn't have the impact that it used to happen. People say he's tactically washed up as well. The thing is, he did win the Premier League title three years ago. I know that things have moved on, but to the extent that he's now that far off the pace and that far... Out of touch? Yeah, I mean, I think in fairness to Mourinho, he, he hasn't been a completely disastrous appointment. I mean, yes, clearly this season has been 
a slow motion car crash. But that first season, he comes in, United win the Europa League, they win the League Cup. You've got Zlatan Ibrahimovic banging the goals in. United got a bit of their swagger back. He took them back into the Champions League. Um, you know, last season they finished second behind Manchester City. They had that great run of form the second part of the season where they beat almost all their major rivals. So you know, he has taken the club forward in, in quite a small way, but he was never going to do more than that. Um, I, I don't think you can reactively win league titles anymore. And I think that's part of Mourinho's tragedy, if you like, that his 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 way of operating, both in terms of his man management, as Ian was saying, has not evolved. He doesn't know how to connect to young players, get the best out of young players. And also tactically, um, he, he has been left behind and he increasingly looks like yesterday's man. Um, and... It's hard to have too much sympathy with United because you know what you're getting with Mourinho. And he's a man who, in you know, in recent years has been moving in ever-decreasing circles. The initial flourish of success that you were usually able to bank upon when he joined a club, mm. that now lasts for an even shorter period of time. And, and then things just hit the wall. And, you know, thanks to Antonio Conte, we now have this convenient phrase, the Mourinho season, to describe the phenomenon of a club who are absolutely flying, suddenly falling apart. Do you think there's something quite poignant, Ian, whatever your thoughts about Mourinho the man, about a figure who comes back to what, as I say, was his dream job, but then it spends the whole experience holed up in a hotel in, in Manchester, watching the rain on the windows while it all turns to dust? Oh, absolutely. And you think back to when Mourinho first arrived in English football, and it was fun. It was it, not necessarily the style of football that you watch, but watching him in post-match interviews, yeah. watching the trouble that he started and the poop that he stirred, he was really, really entertaining. And as time wore on in Manchester, he just looked like, like he needed, I don't know, a hug and a lot of time off. He doesn't look to be enjoying himself. His press conferences aren't fun. They're positively Trumpian now in terms of trying to pull the wool over people's eyes. It is all very, very sad. There's an element of King Lear to him almost, you know, the fact that his his triumphs used to be genuine triumphs, you know, and he sprinted onto the pitch at Camp Nou after he knocked Barcelona out of the Champions League in 2010 and what he went on to achieve with Inter. And, and now when, when we see the posturing, it's because they've got a scratchy Champions League group win away to Juventus, who they're not going to finish above in the group anyway, uh, you know, that... Uh, the press conference after they've been stuffed by Tottenham at Old Trafford and he starts banging on about the respect he doesn't get for his three league titles. Um, and he has become a complete self-parody and he, he does appear to be living in the past to an alarming extent. And, and this is a manager who up until relatively recently still felt reasonably vital, still felt part of the modern scenery. You know, he won the league with Chelsea in very impressive fashion. Um, but... We find Mourinho now just raging at the winds of change that, mm. that, that, are, that are sweeping at him um, and powerless to do to do anything about it. And I, I, I do find him an increasingly comical character. And because he is unquestionably one of the great managers of, of the modern era, he is still afforded an awful amount of respect. But if, if you judge him purely on, on recent results and on his increasingly odd press conference antics. Like, he, he has become a, a slightly pitiful figure. All right. As flies to wanton boys, are we to Liverpool? Indeed. Yeah. As he said, I believe. On Sunday evening, yeah. Um, well, what next for Jose? We've discussed the future for Man United. Let's get a few final thoughts from our very own Mancunian, Rory Smith. Rory, how are you? I'm very well, James. How are you? I'm well too. Are you tapping something out even now for your American readers about the extraordinary latest chapter in the Mourinho career? 
Well, the demands of the internet mean we've already got a, a quick hit up because we have to be part of the conversation. Uh, and I will, will have a more considered thought this afternoon. Uh, I only have so many thoughts at once. That's the problem. What will your considered thought be? Well, funnily enough, we did a piece before the, the Liverpool game, which now looks a little bit... It's one of those journalistic moments where completely by random chance you look quite clever. Uh, just say, talking about the, the kind of structural issues at United, which I think are all probably more pressing now than they were even on Saturday, which is in terms of the the absence of a director of football, which is astonishing in almost 2019. The fact that it's not clear who's making the decisions or kind of what, what processes are in place to ensure those decisions are the best decisions. There's problems with the medical department, there's problems with the scouting, the academy's kind of recovering, but that still is probably a, a, a way behind where it should be in terms of the, the scale of the club and the, the funds they have. Um, those issues all exist and they exist separate to Mourinho, although I'm not sure he necessarily helped them. But I think what, what interests me most now, now that he's, he's been sacked, that the, the bullet has been bitten, I suppose, is, is kind of what next for Jose. I don't know whether he will get another chance at a club of that same scale. You wonder whether maybe his era, and it's been an incredible era of success for him, is, is over and now he is... He, he is entering the twilight, I guess, of, of his career as an elite manager. That's kind of how you have to read it, I think. What about United? Can they make the top four this year? I think they can. I, the problem they've got is that all of the others, leaving, leaving aside Liverpool and City, who look like the two kind of genuine title contenders, all of the others are setting quite a fearsome pace. I mean, I mean Arsenal went 22 games unbeaten and are fifth, which is astonishing. Because if you go 22 games unbeaten, not all of them in the Premier League, admittedly, you probably, probably should be a little bit higher than fifth. They're 11 points back, United, which is a sizable gap. It's not, it's not insurmountable given the number of games remaining. We're not even halfway through yet. But they, they will have to go some to, to finish fourth, I think. Um, they could always win the Champions League, which seems equally unlikely. So, no, I think it'll be a battle. I don't think it's impossible, but it'll be a, it will be a battle. But you're expecting a sizable new manager bounce? Well, yes and no. I, I, I think Mourinho's been overplaying how bad the squad is. I don't, I don't, I don't think the Man, the Man United squad is as bad as a lot of Man United fans think it is. I think they've been made to look bad. Um, he was talking about the gap with Liverpool at the weekend. There is a gap in quality. Liverpool have a, have a better squad, a better first team than Manchester United. But it's not, the, the gap isn't as big as Mourinho has made it look. So they, they should improve, not so much because of the new manager bounce, but just by regressing to the mean, just by some of them performing to the, their level of ability, whether that's enough to carry them not only kind of through the season, but into the top four, given the form of everybody else. And you've got to get past, not, it's not just one of Arsenal and Chelsea we've got to get past, it's, it's, and, and Spurs, it's two of them. They've got, to, they've got to, over, to catch and overhaul two of them, which is really hard. That may not be enough, but there should at least be less of the negativity around Old Trafford that, that Mourinho has brought with him. There's been, it feels like there's been a cloud over the club for two and a half years, and that's his style, and sometimes it works. It hasn't worked at Manchester United and they, I think they, the whole club will feel a weight being lifted off their shoulders almost because the deed has finally been done. I suspect a lot of the players won't be happy. I don't think players are always happy when a manager gets sacked. I think a lot of them will think of whether they've had a role to play and some of them may even feel a little bit guilty, but they may well all be better for it. Rory Smith of the New York Times. Tom, any final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, talk that Laurent Blanc 
is a potential candidate to be United's caretaker manager until the end of the season, uh, which would be an interesting appointment. Um, he's been out of work since leaving PSG at the end of um, the 2015-16 season and um, spoke to France Football recently and was saying that he felt he'd, he'd been out of the game a little bit too long, that he'd, uh, he'd, he'd turned down too many propositions and was kind of itching to get back in. Um, obviously someone who, who knows United well, having played there, who was highly regarded by his teammates at the time and as a former PSG coach, um, you know, perhaps a, a handy man to have in the dugout when United come up against PSG in the Champions League in February. He's the name that's being touted at the moment, is he? He looks like the front runner, yes. All right then. Ian, for, the, for the caretaker position. Ian, what lesson do you draw from this whole sorry episode? <laughs> I don't know about a lesson, but I'm just glad it's over. Um, Manchester United, whether you like them or not, yeah, they're the kind of club you should respect, you should fear, you shouldn't be able to openly mock them. And on Sunday... It's been with, fun though, hasn't it? <laughs> with, with the Liverpool fans chanting, don't sack Mourinho. And that, that said it all. Yeah. I mean, one of the funniest things has been the sort of miserable United fans talking about you know, how unacceptable it is that their club are only six in the Premier League table and the football's really bad and you know people putting up polls about what's been the worst moment of this period it's like you're a Man United fan like you've, you've not known what it is to support a terrible football team you know you're still one of the biggest clubs in the world you're one of the best teams in England um, so yeah well yeah. with no replacement yet confirmed who knows the mocking may continue for a while yet but for now that's where we'll leave this breaking story from Manchester, Jose Mourinho out from Man United. Tom and Ian, many thanks for coming in today. Listener, thanks for uh, this unscheduled little bit of listening you've been doing. We'll catch up with you on Thursday for perhaps a more considered take on the whole situation and the latest on this and all the other big stories in football for now from all of us here. It's goodbye. You've been listening to The Totally Football Show, a Muddy News Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddynewsmedia.com. And don't forget to check out our other football shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and everywhere else you get your audio on demand.